0: to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community healthcare. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Well,
0: hello again. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, this is Bruce Neeland with another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads, and it just keeps getting better. I'm telling you, today I've got two guests who I've admired from afar for years. They are industry experts, and um, we're going to be talking today about things you need to know. When and if you're going to buy or sell your pharmacy, so ownership transfer is a big topic in the industry today. Um, I have on the on the line with me today Tim Clark and Owen Bondurant of Independent RX Consulting, and uh, these guys have been in the business for what twelve years, ten years. Uh, Tim, what? How long have you guys been doing this?
2: Um, We've been in the consulting business for, I guess, close to 15 years. However, uh, we've been in the pharmacy business. Uh, I'm a third generation pharmacist, so we've been doing pharmacy since 1939.
0: I bet you you could tell us what AWP is, right? So, uh, you know, yes, that, <laughs> that's an acronym. I wonder whether some of the new pharmacies even have any clue what that means. I uh, So so anyhow, that was Tim who was just speaking, and he's joined by his partner, Owen. Uh, let's go back, Tim. You've been in the business for your third generation. Who are you? Tell us just a little bit about who you are and and what your company does.
2: Uh, Thanks, Bruce. Uh, My name is Tim Clark. I'm a third generation pharmacist and one of the co founders of Independent Arts Consulting. And we basically have been around, you know, owning pharmacies, being, you know, a pharmacist. I've been in the business since I was a kid. And so is Owen, you know, Owen and I actually both used to work for his dad who worked for my dad. So we've got a a long-term relationship. We've kind of seen everything from uh, a typewriter to a a computer system, to a metamed form, to, uh, you know, now we can get vaccinations and, uh, you know, we're becoming a lot more clinical in our practice. Well,
0: and thank you. So Owen, who the heck are you?
1: Um, so I'm Owen Bondurant. I, I guess I'm second generation. Um, my dad was Tim's partner before this. And as he said, worked for, for Tim's dad. Um, but I'm also a partner in independent RX. Tim and I own what two pharmacies now, a long-term care compounding, um, and a retail pharmacy. Um, but I think here we're, we're, wanting to talk about independent Rx and how we help people. Uh, primarily, I mean, we, we started out doing start buy and, and would help people start and buy pharmacies. And that kind of translated into those people wanted us to do accounting. So we do accounting for pharmacies as well. And then we would work with people for a while and then eventually every person has to sell their pharmacy. And so we started helping people sell pharmacies. So we kind of worked through the life cycle of ownership Well, and you know, Um, and,
0: and, and that's cool. And it gives you that perspective and. And you're living it. You're not just talking about it. I, I talk a lot, but I don't do much. Um, I, I am going to reminisce. I started my career as a medicine shop operations manager back in the 70s and um, opened about 70 pharmacies. It was exciting to get involved, a guy getting started a pharmacy, um, the excitement, the the razzmatazz and all that. We made him sign 20-year agreements, and back then, I couldn't imagine. Imagine a guy actually living through a 20 year contract and, uh, that's 45 years ago now. So I've seen a number of people, you know, <laughs> wind through that whole medicine shop contract. Uh, but, uh, you know, and it, everybody gets to the point where we're going to focus today is when you open a pharmacy, part of the plan is one of these days, you're going to sell that sucker. And, um, and so let's talk a little bit about how things have changed, first of all, in the marketplace. So we're talking here, latter part of 2023, just at the beginning of what everybody's talking about, the DIR apocalypse. Um, what What is the landscape right now for people trying to sell a pharmacy?
2: Um, right, right now there's there's opportunity with with the change in the DIR structure. I think I think we're finding just like we do in any any moment of time that change is going to happen. And you know this is going to be you know while you know maybe it seems like a a, a bad thing, I I see it as is a good thing. And independents are typically more versed to be able to go through the change and then see that we're going to have a future. Uh, you know, I feel like as as we go through this change, it's um gonna be the same thing as like how you help those seventy people become pharmacy owners. You know right now as as a pharmacist, you you now have an opportunity to still own a store. you can still get in network and you can still make a, a good living and And I see
0: a whole lot of people doing that. Owen, you got any comment on the changes in the marketplace for buying or selling pharmacies?
1: Well, I think over the last mm, 5 to 10 years, I mean, it, it it used to be that, you know, if you went to sell to a chain, they would make, probably 95% of the time, they would make an offer that was really good. Um, and they basically wanted to buy everything. Uh, now, they don't want to buy everything. Sometimes their officers offers are ridiculous. And other times they're not, but what that's done is, I think it's opened up a lot more independent in buyers, either individuals or or multi-store owners, right? Yeah. And so you 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 have more chances to keep your legacy going and still get a good offer. Um, in addition to that, uh, we're seeing hospitals and kind of private equity groups get into this. And so that's a whole nother market that is really started to drive um, valuations and, and different opportunities for you to do something different in the sale of your business.
2: Well, yeah, you yeah, know, we know I different, go, ahead, different groups, Bruce, go ahead, Jim. That, uh, that are trying to get into pharmacy. Yeah, you know, we've had meetings with. Uh, you know, for instance, people like DoorDash, you know, who have gotten to the delivery business and then they see us as independents of in what we're doing. And they look at us as an opportunity for growth of, of you know, the products and the services that they want to sell. Right. So for us, I think there's this unique opportunity that it used to just be that the chain was your strategic buyer. Now your strategic buyer, like Owen said, you've got You know, hospital systems, you got um, MCOs, you've got, um, you know, other strategic, um, you know, physician groups and and things that uh, think that they can provide value by controlling, you know, where the prescriptions get filled. And it's not just, you know, making sure that they get the money or monetize filling the prescription, they want to control the patient. And usually, it's in the best interest of, of, of them, you know, to do a good job, you know, with the counseling, you know, the therapy, making sure that they're using cost-effective drugs, and you know, so there's there's like different opportunities that have kind of spun out from where we were. It used to be, you know, it was us in a chain competing in each, against each other, but now it's it, there's so many people in the in the in this market segment.
0: You know, I, I've just had my first aha moment on this conversation. Uh, you know, I came into thinking your options were uh, independent or a chain. The fact that hospitals and and venture capitalists and and uh, you know physician groups are also on the on the landscape um, th- that says two things to me. That says, like you said to begin with, there's still opportunity. But I I think it really means that the guy who wants to do this by himself needs to rethink that because he's just not going to have access to those alternative buyers that you've just mentioned. Uh, any comment on that?
2: Well, you you know, they, while they might not think that they have access to those, I mean, there's again people who can help you find the like us who can help you find a strategic buyer and you know when you're going to put yourself in a situation that you're looking at exiting you know, one of one of the things we suggest is you kind of talk about it. You 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 have a um, not a closed door. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to sell it to this person. You, you know, it's kind of my philosophy that I want to talk to them about uh, all the different things that can happen. Now, it could be as simple as that you're going to sell it to, let's say, your staff pharmacist or someone who's coming out of school or the guy down the street. I mean, those can be very logical exit strategies for you. You know, or it could be back to where we were talking earlier. That it, it might make sense that you got a crappy chain down the street that that needs your, you know, you know, thousand scripts a week to to make their their store financially, you know, viable. There, there's so many different ways to look at it. You, you know, what I I like to do is just say we kind of whiteboard it, talk about it, and then. Let you as the the guy who, you know, or the the person who's going to sell their business kind of know that it's not just one way it's going to happen. So I can prepare you for the opportunities. And then also, you know, we want to talk to you about, um, you, you know, like part of the discussion we want to have with you is is let you also think. And, 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 you know, you might have an idea that you never even thought of, but if I could ask you the right question, I can get you to come up with, maybe it is that physician group down the street. Who's, who's got, you know, you know, a staff pharmacist on hand, you, you know, you know, some of the practices that we've talked with, you know, have pharmacists involved into the clinical outcomes and it might make sense for them to fill some of the prescriptions. I,
0: I I am so glad we're talking about this because you've just a, a whole layer of has come off my eyes so. You know, one of the, one of the things that I had simplified simplified in the in the idea is this notion of a matrix. Is that, you know, you lay things out and you say, okay, here's the possible buyers, which is now expanded by five or six possible buyers, and then here's the moving parts. You know, the the market conditions, the number of scripts that you're filling, the profitability of the pharmacy, the kinds of uh, uh, enhanced care services for lack of a better term that you're providing, you know, all those things on the other side of, of the, of the spreadsheet or the, the matrix Um, you know, what are some of the key things that you think pharmacists leave off that list when they're trying to figure out how am I going to get ready to sell my pharmacy? I mean, how far ahead of time do they need to think about this and you know what are some of these moving parts that they need to ponder?
1: Bruce, I think what you're getting to is, I mean, like anything else, I mean, so most sellers have been doing this for a while, right? I mean, maybe it's ten years, maybe it's twenty, maybe like you said, it's forty. You know, right. That is that that. And what happens is, is when you first started your business or first bought your business, you got yourself educated and you planned but eventually you get tired okay, and you stop doing as much education and as much planning. So, but selling is typically something no one's ever done. And so you need to get educated on how to sell and you need to make a plan to sell it. Right. And so the reason things get left out is because you haven't planned. Um, and I, I think the biggest thing that I, I Leaving out is almost the the wrong thing, but I think I think they're just not prepared. So, you know, they don't know they don't have all their tax returns. They don't understand within their financials what were their personal expenses, right? That are going to go away upon the new buyer buying it, right? They, uh, explain
0: explain that a little bit. What what are we talking about?
1: Well, uh, let's say you have a car that is on the books. Right. And you drive it personally. Well, when someone else buys it, they're they're not gonna pay for your car. Right. That car is now gonna be yours and and that comes off the expenses. Okay. Right. Or
2: maybe, um maybe you own the building. Yeah. You you know, if you if you own the building where your pharmacy is, I mean, that's part of your transaction. And you could be, you know, we see people underpaying themselves or overpaying themselves you know, when it comes to that, but it is a part of what they they've got as their cash flow. It's a part of, you know, their business model. And it's different than 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 other businesses. You know, most businesses that you're looking at, at acquiring don't even have any real estate attached to it. And then if you talk about that that real estate thing, um I don't know, I could I could go on a tangent here, Bruce. I'll go back to where you were though. <laughs> I mean the 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 big thing in terms of you know that owner us we just have to run our business really well every day because you don't know when you're going to need to sell it yeah, or want to sell it. I mean, it, it used to be that we had this thing, oh, I'm going to retire when I'm 65 or whatever that thing is. Right now, you might want to retire because your kids moved out to Colorado, or you might want to sell your business to move to be closer to family, or you know, a parents, or you know, who knows? Maybe you had a life event, a divorce, or something that something is going to happen and change. So my my whole thing is like trying to get people prepared, even now, because tomorrow is going to come. You you're not going to this business will not go on forever. I mean, you you may not have a family member to sell it to, or and that may not even be the best for your family. But, but you need to have the simple things of running your business. You need to do your taxes. You need to have clean p ls You need to have, you know, your perpetual inventory in your pharmacy system. You need to have some growth. You need to not lose money. You need not to overpay people. And like You know our ability, and I I think as a consultant, is to to tell you all those things honestly without the fear of upsetting somebody. You know I'm not really trying to sell you something. I'm trying to give you advice, and and my advice may not be what Owen takes or you take, Bruce. It may be like you mentioned a little bit earlier. Okay, you now have an aha moment. Oh, I could sell to other people other than just another independent. So my job and Owen's job is to to spark conversation so that you can figure out what's good for you so that you're prepared and you're not just sitting there holding the bag of a pharmacy.
0: Well, let's talk about emotion for just a minute. So it's a personal thing for me. We just sold our house in Arizona and moved to Utah. In fact, I'm two weeks in the new house. And I remember sitting down with the realtor Uh, you know, four months ago and, you know, looking at all the comps and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the facts that he laid out offended my wife, you know, this was her house. She loved it. She knew that it was neat. And he kept trying to tell her, well, it's not worth what you think it's worth, even though it's worth that it, you're not going to get anybody else to pay for it. So you hit on the emotion piece there a minute ago. I mean, I mean, talk a little bit about how complicated that is. You've got husbands and wives and all those well, kinds of people well, with all different we, opinions. How delicate is that?
2: Well, we I, I guess the first thing I'd say is is to recognize that we have emotions makes it easier. You, you know, like the, if I know like and again, I know that you're going to be sensitive, let's say, to selling your business, like selling a house. I mean, it's it's not just what a black and white thing. We're talking, you know, a very deep, emotional, three dimensional kind of feeling thing that we, we we walk in here every day and we, we like it. We love it, even though we may complain about it. It's 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 part of us. Yeah. So so, you, you know, the thing that we try to do is we really want to talk to you about who you are emotionally. So that I can help you. I mean, my, my, our job, uh, and I think, as as you know, like as as you go around and you're talking to people, you're trying to ins- we're trying to inspire them to make good decisions, but also recognize that emotionally they like their business. And you know, sometimes the nice thing about let's say a tax return or a and it's it is a black and white thing. If you're not making any money, I can explain to you you're just not making any money. How would someone pay for it? to to you know i can't give you a great value if we're not making money right that seems logical but then you can say well i've got this and i've done that no one no one buys on on your hopes they buy on on their hopes
0: well and then and then bring into that i mean you you've got a double problem because you've got the buyer who's who's trying to get the best deal he can and and he doesn't have the emotion attached to it. And he's trying to figure out how to drive the price down. And so you're well, you're you're walking a fine line there.
2: See, and, and 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 I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I think everybody thinks that the buyer is trying to, we'll say, screw the seller. That is not really true. I mean, he's just trying to, I mean, people that we've yeah. dealt with are really just trying to get a fair deal. And the hard part is to get a simple answer back from the seller. Like, so really, that's why we spend a lot of time just up front getting you prepared for those answers. So when they ask, we can answer. But usually, that guy who's buying, he's not trying to go buy it cheap. He's trying to go buy it because he's got an idea, just like you did that, oh, I think if I go do this and then I add compounding your business, oh, I can score. Or, yeah. gosh, if I can add, you know, let's say, uh, you know, a generic pharmacy to your business, I can score. Or I can go add, you know, some sort of strip packaging that I can score. They're usually like they, they've they got in their head an idea because, I mean, really, we start off just working with buyers. Yeah. And and, and, and they're, they're, they're not those people that are really trying to get a bad deal. They're just trying to get a fair deal. And, and I will
1: tell you, Bruce, they are emotional because when they find something that they want, Ah. You know, it's just like when when you and your wife are looking for a house, you know, I don't know about you, but like when my wife saw the house she wanted, it was like, that's the one. Yeah. Right. And now the emotions start kicking in. So both parties, that's actually one of the tough things is both parties are emotional for good reason. I mean, for the buyer, it's their dream. And for the seller, it's their legacy. Right. I mean, I can tell you in the last year I've been out to dinner or lunch with Tim and my dad, and we've had customers from sales 10 years ago who were like, oh, we miss you guys. I mean, that's tough when you have a customer come up to you 10 years later and they're like sad that your business is gone. Right. And so like and and they're going to come up and like even if you sell it to your PIC, you will have people come up to you and go, oh, it's just not the same. But that's a compliment. And so like it is, it is an emotional thing. And you know, in people like us, our jobs are to try to remove those emotions and make logical good decisions. Sure, Shop- emotions, emotions will cause bad decisions.
0: Uh, people won't be able to see this, but I love the smile on your face as you're talking about that, Owen. You you obviously enjoy what you're doing. I gotta mm-hmm. change the topic a little bit. And um, you know, we're 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 definitely trying to be scholarly here. We don't want to be bragging on on independent RX consulting too much, and and you've done that well. Help me understand just a little bit about why anybody who wants to sell a pharmacy would be wise to use uh, a an outside individual to help in that process
2: well well I, I bruce i mean like there's lots of stuff let's go back to the house scenario um you, you know we think that we can go say that 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 fee from a broker to sell my house because i got a good house i got a good pharmacy why do i need you know you to help me go do this The only reason you need help is because you haven't, you've never sold a house before, you've never sold a pharmacy before, or even if you did, if you haven't sold it in the last, let's say, year, it's different. Everything changes. I mean, what, you know, to go through the transaction, you you know, you you should get someone who's been through a transaction to help you go through the transaction so that you don't screw it up. I mean, because emotions—we go back to emotions. Emotions can can screw up a transaction too, because they're not giving good counsel. And typically, what I would tell you, whether you're selling a house, a pharmacy, or whatever, you, if you've never done that before, you should get somebody to help you, or you should have people on your team to help you. You know, I would—I'm lucky that I've got. You, you know, I, I've owned like 30 stores and I've had a central office, you know, a, a CPA on staff, operations manager. I've had, you know, some depth to just more than Tim, Tim Clark. Right. So I've had people who have been able to give me advice and, and tell me yes and no, and give me the, you know, the, 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 the truth instead of the, you know, what I want to hear. Yeah. And, and I would say, if you're going to look at, getting out of your business or even thinking about it talking to someone who all they want to do is to see you be okay through that transaction they're not your best friend they're they're not your brother they just want you to have a good transaction and if they they have a bad transaction with you you're going to go tell everybody that they did a bad job so yeah. the, your, your advantage to have somebody help you is that they've been through a transaction so they're supposed to help you guide you through that
0: I saw something on your website earlier where you were talking about benchmarking when you're talking about financial analysis, and that notion seems to apply here. If I'm selling one pharmacy, even if I've sold one before, I I really don't have a good idea what else is going on in the marketplace. I just don't have the – the, the breadth of, of experience or whatever. And so, I you know, I, I, my advice based on this conversation and other experiences, if, if you're ready to sell your pharmacy, find somebody who's done it a few times before who's currently doing it. Um, and, and this is a little bit sensitive, but uh, we, we need to talk about the fact that the wholesalers have people who are very good at doing this um, and they do it for free. So, I mean, a couple minutes on how and why somebody should. Well, kick
2: again, you. Bruce, let, let's look at what the wholesalers do. They 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 do a good job of saying that that Bob would like to exit, and then they tell as many people they can that Bob's going to exit. They talk to Bob about his store or Sally about their store. All that is great and fine, but what they don't do is walk you through the transaction. They 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 can get you to the transaction, which basically means I can get those two to date, but I can't I can't consummate a marriage license.
0: Okay, so, explain so, that.
2: So so there there's there's so many details when it yeah. comes to the transaction that that you have to give advice through experience you know, like what happens with the DEA, the the the, the state pharmacy license. What do I do with this lease? What's a typical non-compete? How do I talk to my attorney about this? You know, we're not attorneys, but someone has to be able to talk to an attorney who's actually been through a transaction. And then the bigger thing is like knowing really what happens during that transition to the next thing. I mean, you, your your wholesaler does a good job at 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 A, but you you know a typical okay. broker. Is a lot more deep in terms of what they're doing for that client. I think you'd be shocked how often
1: the brokers and the wholesalers are working together. Yeah. I, I think, Bruce, this comes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, you need to get help from people. Like, the wholesalers do know stuff and they have insight into a lot of transactions so they can give you information. However, if you come and say, should I do this deal or this deal? Which one makes the most fi- financial sense to me with wind down costs? That's not the business they're in, right? So, like, you may need a CPA or, or you know, like a broker who has a CPA. So, they're, they're these people are all working in conjunction and they're all trying to, like Tim said, have you have a successful transaction. And so, Mm -hmm. does that make any sense? Like these parties, they're these parties a lot. I mean, heck, we work with other brokers all the time. I mean, so, like, the the, this is a, a small industry where everyone knows each other and they're all trying to help and they all fit into their pieces. But you need help to do this. And the reason all these people exist is because it's hard. Like, this is not a simple thing. There is, you know, there's the whole transaction piece but there's calculating your wind down and your your take home there's licensing there's insurance contracts there's powers of attorney there's purchase agreement there's identification there's you know real estate there's leases i mean like this is a healthcare transaction this isn't selling the pizza point joint down the street that does all cash and yeah. you know and yeah. has to get a a local county license like it, it isn't that simple
2: and, well and, go ahead you know, Jim again, Bruce the the, the the nice thing again is that you know we work with with the wholesalers because they do provide uh, an opportunity I mean the, the great thing for them is you know they do want your business to continue I mean they have a vested interest because you know we go to our wholesaler and and you know like it or not I mean they make a lot of money off the independent segment right so they want that business to continue you know, so they they are decent at finding other people who are looking at growing their business and, you know, multiple store owners. That's definitely a segment that I would tell anybody who wants to look at selling their business, we should go look at. However, but there's all these other things that can happen. You know, let's say, again, maybe it is selling it to a chain. Maybe it's a hospital. Maybe it's a doctor group or somebody else that, you know, they're not going to have access to those people because they really just wanted to, to go from Tim to Owen. Like, which is fine, but but really, the as I look at it, I mean, you, you know, do you want to put your um, your your, your I guess your business for sale in the in the newspaper, or do you want to put it on the internet? Yeah. You go to your wholesaler; it's like putting it in a newspaper. You, you go to you know broker, and maybe we go to the World Wide Web. We're trying to find someone who's a good fit for you.
0: So, real quick change, and then we do need to wrap up. Um, chains are closing pharmacies now rather than opening them. Does that have a meaningful effect on what a pharmacist can expect to get for his pharmacy?
2: Almost certainly it can. I mean, it used to be that they're trying to get market share, even if it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Now, now they're in the same boat as as you and I, that they're, you, you know, now with the advents of... Again, mail order, COVID, and all the things that have happened—that now people are okay with getting their prescriptions, you know, at their house instead of coming into my pharmacy. Um, They they have that same problem, you know. I, you know, look at how many things you buy off of Amazon that you don't go into your your local, you know, corner store or grocery store or Walmart, Target because it's just easier. You know, I get my cat litter that way. And I think there's the number one thing it does is
1: going back to what we said originally. You know, preparing your operating your store as if you're going to sell tomorrow. get your financials good, get know your your business, what makes money, what does not make money. you know, we see people all the time, Bruce, that'll be like, well, the compounding is only a thousand scripts. And then I do the calculation. it's a hundred thousand dollars in gross profit, right. That's three hundred thousand dollars in valuation. <laughs> like that is a, an extremely important piece of your business. So, like knowing what you have and having it prepared, because when you the change just wanted your script, so they didn't care if you made money. Well, now, guess what? If you want all the buyers to be in the pot, you better have things together and understand them. So, take just a little bit of time and understand your business. Plus, you might learn something that will allow you to grow your business.
2: And well, the chains are going to look, sorry, Bruce, the chains are going to look at the same things we do when we help somebody buy a store. I mean, they're going to look at what is your mix of business? What is the third parties? What's the reimbursements? The brands, you know, what are the the, the specialty products? Everybody's going to be looking at the same thing. And, and now even the chains are going to look at it the same way because they don't want to go add a bunch of your business that's bad to their business. They're looking for good business, which again, you might not know your business well enough to know if you got anything good, but- I mean, that's really what they're buying. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of put a
0: ribbon around this by saying, I, uh, first of all, I, I'm a whole lot smarter now than I was before, and I and I'm <laughs> gonna plug you by saying, what it is that you're doing that impresses me is you've got a whole other cadre of services with your accounting and your coaching and those kinds of things that you need to run your pharmacy as best you can so that you can sell it someday but if somebody's not planning on selling it for 10 or 12 years they can still come to independent rx consulting and and get some advice based on the experience of yourself and your whole team of people and the 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 web page here is independentrxconsulting.com so, Tim, you first. You got a minute to say a closing comment. Owen, you probably have thirty seconds. So, wrap up <laughs> real quick.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll just say uh, thanks, Bruce, for what you do with uh, pharmacy. It's it, it's it's so awesome. You, you know all the stores that you've been into, and 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 your lifetime, and you're you're a positive um, influence, and and you you make us feel better. We're not out there alone. And you know, independent pharmacy is going to still be here in the next, you know, fifty, seventy years. I mean, it, it just is. You know, you got professionals that that can go operate a business and make a a decent living and and have some of all those benefits that. You know, we always hoped for back when, you know, my grandpa was doing it, and you know, all those seventy medicine shops that you that you started, yeah, I, you know, pharmacy is going to continue to change and and the opportunity is endless. Thank you for what you do, yeah, thanks for having us, Bruce. And I mean, i I guess
1: I would just tell people, don't be afraid to talk about selling. I think it's a a thing in the industry. No one wants to say they're going to sell. They've built these businesses like you don't have to tell your whole staff but it's okay to like plan and and to have those conversations with people who know what they're doing um, well and it's it's
0: never a secret it the the no. plan has always been open have success enjoy a good life and yeah. sell it's yeah, you, it, it's yeah, it's just
1: part of the cycle yeah you know what's funny about that bruce no one has any problem when a software company starts up and sells yeah yeah. Right. It's like, oh, well, he's the greatest guy on earth. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, if a pharmacy, you know, builds up their businesses and sell, it's like he's the devil. No, it's not. No one thinks that they're, they're, they're quite happy with you. And, and you know, that's OK. That's part of the reason that you did it.
2: There, there, there's very few people or or businesses or employees that'll be really, really mad at you to do what you need to do for yourself. And if they're not happy that you're doing good for yourself, they're really not that good of friends anyway. <laughs> well, listen,
0: ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, this is Tim Clark and Owen Bondurant with Independent Rx Consulting. Their web page has a whole plethora of tools and services that they offer. Um, I'm proud to know them, and uh, I, I, I'm i proud to be able to serve the industry that they serve. So with that, we're signing off for Pharmacy Crossroads, hoping that something we share here today will help you do more and be better. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.